This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to the Stinky Truth Podcast alongside Mike Evans. I am Mark Schlereth. want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at betrivers.com. Mike, how are you, my friend? I am doing great. How are you? Are you breathlessly following nonstop coverage of the NFL Combine. I know how much you love the NFL Combine. Yeah, I've not looked at it one time. <laughs> have not looked at the NFL Combine one time. Why not, Mark? Well, well, because, you know, I had somebody the other day reach out to me and go, who do you think is going to run the fastest 40 at the Combine? And I I just, I, I mean, it, it just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up just irritates me to no end. Because let me just promise you this. The guy who has the best vertical jump, the guy who runs the fastest 40, or the guy that benches 225 for the most reps means that one guy is the highest jumper, the other guy is the fastest runner, and the other dude is the best bencher. That's all it assures you of. For instance... John Ross, all-time combine record for the 40. That dude hasn't – he's not worth a squirt of piss when it comes to his career. You want to talk about an all-time NFL bust. Fastest 40 ever, ever run at the combine. What has that guy done? He's never healthy. I mean, did he – in his whole career at Cincinnati, how many catches did he have? 20? 25? He was with, I know he was with the Giants last year because I did a bunch of Giants games. Most of the games I did, he was a non-participant in because he couldn't stay healthy. So, I like, look at the top 10 bench pressers in the history of the NFL Combine, and I tell you what, there's not one of them that have done, legitimately have done anything in the NFL. Don Terry Poe was okay for a while. But for the most part, none of them, none of them it, it means you're really good at benching. That has nothing to do with being able to be a good football okay, player. Okay, but can I, can I yes, defend please. the combine here? Sure okay. you can. Sure, if you want to defend it. Defend the indefensible, probably in your mind. But you played the game, you know what it's like. But as as somebody who did not play at that level, I can tell you, Having had a chance at times to to be on the sidelines during an NFL game, the speed, the for the ferocity, mm-hmm. the power that you feel when you're able to watch it close is scary. Yeah. So there's got to be enough that these guys do out there athletically, speed, strength, uh, agility, 
uh, ability to to stop and move, to jump, to to elevate, to make a catch, to knock a ball down, that being able to measure all these things at a combine matters come Sunday. There you go. There's my defense. Okay, well, which which is fine. Yeah, you got to have really good athletes. I I get it. You you got to have guys that are really good. You know what you need more than that? You need guys that are tough. You need guys that are smart. And and then guys that, you know, that guys that have reactionary skills, guys that have anticipatory skills, guys who, you know, we always talk about the quarterback, uh, the quarterback, uh, the guys that process quickly. But I, I will tell you that that goes way beyond quarterback. Your ability to process is important whether you're a quarterback or whether you're a DB or whether you're a wide receiver. Or, I mean, listen to Cooper Cup talk about offense. Listen to him talk about the split, the formation, what the defense was, you know, how they're buzzing down so you know you're going to get a single high safety and you know with the back minus the the middle linebacker's got to carry him and you know what the open spot in the field is. And it, like, listen to guys who understand, who have anticipatory skills. I mean, Cooper Cup was a third rounder who ran a 4-6-9 or whatever, 4-6-8. Like, he is, like, he is getting, he is getting open and he has become the most dominant receiver in football because of his knowledge of the game and because of his processing ability and because he can be running a route and running it at full speed and see what they're doing as a defense and adjust from a leverage standpoint to the defense they're playing. Like that shit, oh, that stuff matters. Right? It, it does. It matters. And you have got, you got to be able, you got to be able to operate that way, Mike. And so, like the film and what you see on film and everything, it's the combine is a tool. And as long as it's used in that form, in that fashion, then great. The issue with most teams, as you know, when it comes to the combine, is how you spend millions of dollars through the process, right? You've got a whole scouting department. you got a pro personnel department. You've got a college personnel department. You spend millions of dollars studying, evaluating, travel, watch this, that, and the other, right? Going to games and all that. Um, and then you go to the combine, right? And you watch guys in their underpants run around and do all their things, and that's great, and that's awesome. And then you essentially scrap pile that whole process because why? We need a player. And even though this quarterback is vastly, like, va- rated, his rating is vastly under the best players at you know at this position that we're drafting in but we're so desperate to draft a quarterback we're so de- and I understand Mike there's this like you know how the scales of justice you got that little lady in the middle right I don't know what her name is let's just call her Beth <laughs> okay so Beth is in the middle Beth, okay Beth is in the middle of the scales of justice Beth I hear you calling right and I can't come home right now. <laughs> Me and the boys playing. We just can't find the sun. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Just a few more hours. Paul Stanley is listening right now going, well done. Well done, Sting. <laughs> and I'll be right home. So Beth is in the middle holding the scales Beth, of yes, justice, Beth. right? We've, we've named her Beth, yes. And, and so I understand that there is, on the scales of justice, there's the premium for a cornerstone player, especially even a higher premium for a quarterback. But you can't go, okay, here's our quarterback. We really have him rated at a 7 out of 10 or a 6.8 out of 10. And we have a tackle that's rated a 9.6 out of 10 or an edge rusher rated a 9.7 out of 10 or a, uh, you know, what's another cornerstone position? A cover corner, right? A tackle, cover corner. Playmaking uh, safety. Yeah, you know, wh- whatever whatever your your cornerstone positions are. So you can't, to me, you can't go, yeah, well, I understand that this guy at 9-7, this corner at 9-7 is way better, way better than the quarterback at 6-9, but we're going to take the quarterback. So basically you're saying we're going to scrap pile millions of dollars that we've invested in this process because we're so desperate for a quarterback. I, and, I get, I get it happens all the time. It does, it does, and I get what you're saying, but... Can you understand, though, how even well-meaning, smart people, football people, just they can't resist because of the desperation? George Payton, the new Broncos general manager, who has already in a year that he's been on the job impressed me for being you know, really good at his job. Mm-hmm. He's a, a real serious evaluator, really puts in the time, really puts in the work. And I, I think he's exactly what you're talking about. He's the kind of guy – that, hey, if I got a 9.7 edge rusher. I'm not deviating. I'm right. not going to deviate. Yeah. But yet he was asked about the urgency of finding a quarterback. And he said, hey, if you don't have that guy, then the urgency to find one is a 10. Right. Out of 10. Yes. So can you can understand, can't you, why well-meaning, smart people still can't resist the urge to just take a shot? Well, well-meaning, Yes. Intelligent, we'd we'd have to have smart people. We'd have to have a a discussion about that. Um, you know, even smart people, I guess, sometimes make really stupid decisions, right? Um, but there's there's smart people that essentially are more concerned about their own fortune and their own well being. And, and I think that plays into it as well, Mike. I think how that plays into it is like, hey, listen, if I do draft a guy, it automatically gives me time. Time, time becomes my friend. It gives me a couple more years on the job because, and it shifts the, the, the power of responsibility. Because if you go down that road with the quarterback one, the fan base is excited, and they're patient. They know over the course of years in the NFL, it takes time. Even the great Patrick Mahomes had to sit for a year behind Alex Smith before he got his opportunity, right? So it's going to take a little bit of time. So it buys you some time. And then squarely, the onus shifts from the general manager to the coach. And if that guy doesn't develop, it's not your fault as a GM. It's personnel department. It's that coaching fellow. That they will go through three coaching staffs before they finally get to you. I bought you some good groceries. 
Right. It's not my fault that you couldn't develop the groceries. Right. Hey, man, you know, like Ryan Pace in Chicago, how many years does he get, you know, to go through the Trubisky's of the world, like, and give up the issues and then – all right, now we're going through, you know, whatever coach, and then this coach, and then we're, you know. Now he finally paid. Yeah, he's finally paid, but he probably got. You got mean, a chance to do more than one. Right. You know, like I always look, and you know I'm friends with Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy went from the NFL coach of the year in 2018 to all of a sudden he can't coach. Yeah, now he's just some, we create a role assistant back in Kansas City. Right. He's an offensive consultant, whatever, right? But I, it's it's kind of remarkable. So that's the other portion of this. You gotta you have to have a guy that runs your organization that is not afraid to lose his job, that is not that that does not deviate, that respects the process and the people that he puts in a position of power, he respects their work. He respects what they do so much so that he's going to not deviate too far. I'll deviate a little bit. You know, I always look at it like, all right, if it comes between a cornerstone, like a, a, a legit offensive tackle or a legit tight end. Well, cornerstone is offensive tackle. Tight end, not. So if the, if they're close... You know, if they're close, even if the tackle may be a little bit lower than the tight end is rate, like it's a, hey, the tight end's a 9-7 and the tackle's a 9-5, I'm taking the tackle because it's cornerstone, right? I'll give you that. It's, that's That probably is smart football. But you're not going, okay, the tackle's a 7-9 a and the tight end's a 9-5, but I'm not putting a premium on the 7-9 player, right? Like, So you just have to... You have to stay true to what you believe. I think it's just a, a, you know, it's a metaphor for life. You better stay true to what you believe in. Because as soon as you deviate from your life tenants, you're going to find issues. Yep. Well, the quarterbacks continue to make news. And and there's there's a lot of news with these guys. Let me just kind of go one by All one. Right. Let's start with Ky- uh, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the agent Coming out with that uh, manifesto. It wasn't a memo. It was a mission statement. You know, all in block letters, basically uh, appealing to the the Arizona Cardinal fan base that, you know, hey, my guy needs to get paid. He wants to be here. He wants to play for you. He wants to lead Mm -hmm. your team to a Super Bowl. But come on now. He needs to get paid. You know, I've never seen anything like it. No, I haven't. I'm going to I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick to – I'm going to be consistent here. I bust on organizations that negotiate in public. Why do, negotiate, why do negotiations become public? Why do when guys turn down contract offers, why do those contract offers leak? Because the general fan doesn't understand the value. All they see is – and they don't understand how it's structured, right? They don't understand the structure of the contract. All they see is the money that's turned down. And the general fan can't get over the money. The general fan will look at that and you say, you greedy SOB. 
you get to play a game for a living. And the general fan says, I would do it for free. And what do I always say? No, you wouldn't. Until you got hit in the mouth. You know, there's there's several things that you're not enough of. Okay? So I'm going to piss you off right now, but these are just truths, right? You're not tough enough. You're just not. You're not athletic enough. You're not. And you're not dumb enough. Right? Those are the three you're not enough of. There's three things you're just not enough of if you're a fan. And you wouldn't play for free because, uh, or if you would play for free, nobody would watch your league because you suck. If you're playing for free, let me ask you this. You, you, you play in a, you know, sometimes I'm in a, in a city, you know, calling an NFL game. Like I'll be in Washington, D.C., or I'll be, you know, somewhere. Like I was in Washington, D.C., calling a game this year and went for a walk on the mall. You know what the mall is, right? You're like, you know, where all the mon- oh, sure, monuments sure. Went for a walk on the mall. And they had a couple of flag football leagues going on there. Okay? You know what nobody did? Nobody paid to watch. Right, right. Because you suck. <laughs> yeah. You are not. Yeah. You are not. So, if, so you don't need to rub it in. Right. If you will play for free, it means that nobody will actually pay to watch you. That's how it works. So the things that you're not enough of is you're not athletic enough, tough enough, or stupid enough to do the things that I did throughout my career and that other players do. To put yourself through where I would have a surgery on a Monday and play that Sunday. Multiple times did that. Like stuff that you would never, ever. No doctor in the world. There is no doctor in the world that took the Hippocratic Oath that would say to his son, yeah, this is a good idea, or his daughter, this is a good idea, have have a knee surgery on Monday and, and line up and play an NFL game on Sunday. There's nobody that would ever, ever advocate doing that. And doing the NFL all the time. It's the way it works. So, like, that's that's the the job. So I understand, you know, I understand that you look at it but that's why teams release it because they basically make the player the bad guy. Look at the money and you go, oh, $142 million? What? Huh? And you don't see all the back channel, you know, escape clauses and everything else. So uh, I always rail on teams for doing that, Mike. So now it's time to rail on the Kyler player. Murray, yep. the player, for one, you scrubbed your social media. You took down all your Arizona Cardinal stuff on your Twitter, on your Instagram page. Why? Because you're acting like a petulant child. I'm not getting what I want. I'm going to take my ball and go home and take down my Arizona Cardinal stuff. That'll teach him. And then you took a rash of crap in your own town for being a petulant, spoiled child. And you, you tried to save face. You've already done it, man. And then you come out with a manifesto that's typed in all caps with some bold all caps, by the way. All. All of it. Yeah. All caps. Big caps. But then there's some bold face. Yes. You know. To really make the point in case you weren't paying attention. And just when we think you can't look like any more of a toolbox, you look like more of a toolbox. Hey, I understand you want to get paid. I get it. 
And I understand you were putting together an MVP season through the first seven games, but the way you guys finished, I mean, you pooped in your helmets. You're finished. You lost, what, five of the last six games or whatever it was, plus you got injured for a couple of games. Like, I get that you want to get paid. So do I. Everybody does. But you know what? You got to finish. You got to finish a season. You got to do more than just get to the playoffs. So, you know, there are guys that after three years completely outperform their contracts and get paid. And I'm all for that. But right now, there are question marks. Because of the way you finished, there are question marks. And if the rumors are true about you trying to opt out of the playoff game because you're getting torched and you're like tapping out, not wanting to go back in, if those rumors are true, I wouldn't pay you either. What did I say? You got to be, what, athletic enough? You got to be dumb enough. Got to be tough enough. And boy, that doesn't pass for me. My eyeball test, that doesn't pass my toughness test. All right, so there's Kyler. Then you got Aaron Rodgers. Mark, I, what are we waiting for? At, at, at the beginning of all this, I was fascinated. I was excited. I was intrigued by the prospects of him perhaps moving on to another team mm-hmm. and being so fed up with the Packers that he said, I, I want out. Yeah. I mean, the drama that would create. What are we waiting for? I mean, it's to the point now where I'm just like, enough, Aaron. Make up your freaking mind, please. Will yeah, for the love of Pete, would you please just do something? I really, I really think more than anything else, Mike, and I know the Packers are, you know, the Packers are one, clearing salary cap, two, lying about, I mean, come on, Brian Gutenkus, not one team has reached out to us about Aaron Rodgers with a, like, with a trade proposal. Okay, maybe they haven't said, we'll give you X number of picks and all that stuff. But not one team, you haven't talked to one team. Not one team has been interested in Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Really? You know, what's the old saying at this time of the year? If, if their lips are moving, they're lying. Come on. I mean, like, so no team has done their due diligence. In a quarterback-starved league with the potential of Aaron Rodgers, like, knowing that Aaron kind of holds the cards the way the contract was structured, that if he doesn't want to deal with you, if he doesn't renegotiate his contract, you can't keep him the way your cap is structured right now. And not one team, not one team in a quarterback-starved league has reached out to see if there's the potential of availability. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, okay, I get you. I mean, that, come on. Does anybody buy that? No. I really think, Mike, I think Aaron Rodgers is waiting to see what they do with Devontae Adams. Yep. His big beef, his big beef with the Green Bay Packers has been you have let guys go who are my friends, who are great football players, who have great football integrity and great football character. You have let those guys go without even an offer. You have let those guys leave our organization. And you haven't valued some of the intangible aspects that those guys bring to locker rooms. 
And so that was kind of his beef, you know, whether it was Randall Cobb back in the day, whether it was, you know, Corey Lindsley that went over to the Chargers, his center, like guys that meant something to him. And there's been, a, you know, there's been a whole lot more. I'm just using those two guys as examples. But there's been a whole lot more, and I think there's a lot of what's going on here. Like this, like what's going on here is, to me, is what are you going to do with Devontae Adams? How are you going to take care of my guy? Because as Aaron Rodgers has stated, Aaron, not me, Aaron says he's the best receiver in football. And I've talked one-on-one with Aaron about Devontae Adams about his intelligence, about how Devontae Adams sees the game like a quarterback, how Devontae Adams will run a route where he's not the primary. In the first quarter, he'll come back to Aaron and say, hey, man, when we run that play again, um, I did this. This guy is ripe for the pickings if I do this. So make sure you make me the primary on like." He sees it that way. We get that same defense out of that formation, and that's you know that's really what you're doing. I mean, you're as a as a football coach, you're fishing, right? So you're just you're laying out chum, if you will. You're fishing. You're setting up things, formations, and motions, and seeing how a team reacts. And if they get into a certain defense off of that formation, you're like, aha! Note to self: the next time we run it, we want to hey, we want to attack it. So there are you know, we always call them beaters. There's a cover three beater. There's a cover one beater. There's a cover two beater. There's there's multiple cover three beaters, cover four beaters, cover, you know, all these coverage, cover six beaters. So there's all these coverage beaters. So if you know we get into this formation and they adjust to this off of this motion, now we got them. And Devontae can process that during the course of the game. Hey, man, we called this play. We had this motion. They showed, you know, they showed cover two they drop down you know they drop down they drop the safety and cover three buzz so let's run this like he can process that during the course of the game and I believe that Aaron is like hey guys show me your commitment level if you want me to deal with you and to make it easy on you to find cap space I'll do it but if you don't get my guy done and I'm not talking about franchising him I'm talking about getting him done. If you don't get my guy done, guess what? Deal's off. We'll go package somewhere. Last one. Russell Wilson making a promotional tour with his wife, promoting a new children's book that they put out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Tell me if I'm reading too much into this. He was uh, talking about maybe coming out, or he's asked about coming out to the East Coast. Yeah. And he said, nah, well, you know, East Coast. I'm 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 more of a West Coast guy. Seattle's my home right now. Right, for For now. now. What does that mean? Because the tinfoil hat wearer in me is like, come on. He knew he knew he was going to get that question at some point during this promotional tour. Mm-hmm. The fact that he put a for now in there? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. For now means, man, I am open to listening. I mean, I think he does love playing in Seattle, but I do think there is – the intrigue, you see Peyton Manning move and have success, win a Super Bowl, go to two. You see Tom Brady move to Tampa, new lease on life. He's drunk after the Super Bowl party. You know, like there's there's this new lease on life. And his his wife is famous. She's a singer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Is there a better market? Like, could you? Like, I think they're open to it. I think they're open to being out of Seattle. I think he loves Seattle. I don't think he's 
I don't necessarily think that he like is like demanding to leave, but I think he's open to it. Do you hear the the title of the book? Like, what was the title? Do you remember the title of the book? Oh, I, I. It's about what you can do. It's or, like his. You can do. Why not you or something like that? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they and they go on. It's like an uplifting. Why not you? Like you can do anything you want to do. Like you can be a success. You can do what everybody want to be when they were a kid, like an astronaut or whatever, right? Like. Why not you? I think that maybe that's the name of his foundation too. Why not you? Yep, yeah, that's why the name not of the book. you? Why not you? I've got like this. Of course, is not- after listening to you talk about uh, what athletes can do to normal people, it's more like your children's book would be: "Hey, life sucks. The better you start realizing it, the earlier the better." Right? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think I Mark Slayer's children's book. I think we piggyback off the success that Russ has had. Yeah. And we, you and I, write a book called Why Not You Too. And then we list all the reasons. Because you're fat, because you're lazy, because you're not an athlete. Because, right. you know, and we just list. Yeah. Like, there's a whole list of things. This is why you'll never succeed. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Sure to be a bestseller. Sure. I mean, sure. See, it sets the bar so low for your kids that they can't help but jump over it. Uh, genius. Brilliant. Genius. Let's get working on it right, right. now. Brilliant. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, I am Mark. He is Mike Millennial Ben producing the show. I want to thank our presenting sponsors, guys. Uh, um, the guys over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Hey, also check out my uh, green chili company, Stinking Good Green Chili. You're going to absolutely love it. You can find it, stinkinggood.com, 1G. Um, For everybody involved, we thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.